everybody. Welcome to Hebsey on Sports episode LT. Sergey Zubov, Mark Burley, Ryan Barucki, Chris Dolman. I'm your host, Mark Hebsher. We're brought to you by one of the top mortgage brokers in the country, John Vassos. John did all the heavy lifting and got me a terrific mortgage rate and very favorable terms. Why not get in touch with John and he can do the same for you. Save you thousands of dollars and all kinds of aggravation. Why do you want to shop around for a mortgage? John and his team will do it for you. All they do is mortgages. Contact john.vassos, that's V-A-S-S-O-S, at mortgagescout.ca, 647-533-1440. Today on the show, your humble narrator reveals his long-ago bromance with an NHL player who is now an NHL coach. Blue Jays outfielder Randall Gritchick is looking for a date. There are a lot of women who would love the opportunity, and some men too. The latest on the Raptors, who, as I predicted six games ago, would be 17-4 and four at this point of the season, and they are. And, of course, the Leafs win over Boston. I'm not going to call it a big win because it wasn't a big win. Got it? Every game, every win is not a big win. <laughs> and every loss is not a tough loss. Okay? Oh, and guess which NHL team mascot recently crashed a wedding? It was the bride. That wanted the mascot there, not the groom. All right, first up, your trivia question brought to you by Panthers Original Deli. Now that Joel Quenville has been fired, John Cooper of Tampa is the longest-serving NHL coach with the same team. Who is second on that list? Current second-longest-serving NHL coach. The answer in a backstory later. Trivia brought to you by Panthers Original Deli on Bathurst, north of Wilson. Get them to cater your holiday party and make sure you get your order in for their fabulous potato latkes. All their food is delicious. How do I know? I've been eating there for 50 years. And look at me. I'm in the best shape of my life. Look at, look at me, Mike. You, you know, honestly, look at, cut, you look amazing. But look I, at You look cut. I am cut. <laughs> All right? Because of Panthers Original Deli, it's the beef canicious. Um... Yeah, call Lauren at 416-636-1230 or just go to the original, PantsersOriginalDeli.com. So, do you think the Toronto Maple Leafs can beat Boston in a best-of-seven series come the spring? Best-of-seven, four-of-seven, if both teams are healthy, no injuries. So we have Matthews and Nylander. No, we don't have Nylander. I think we will. No, we don't have Nylander. This is a whole separate discussion. We have a defenseman. (laughs) Yeah, all right. So can they? Yes. All right. I'm not convinced, but it's only late November. And we really have no idea where these teams are going to be, what they're going to look like come April. But like I said, I'm not sold yet. But put Matthews in there and maybe whoever we get for Nylander, because I'll boo the hell out of him when he comes on the ice. I don't care. (laughs) Trade this guy, get a defenseman, and the Leafs are going to have a better chance of beating the Bruins or Tampa or Buffalo or any top team. Get it done now. Improve the team's depth. Give yourself some insurance over the long season. Matthews is going to be back soon. Marner is a superstar. Yes. Tavares, Kapanen, Kadri can all score. Maybe Marlowe can pot 20 this year. But the Leafs are giving up way too many shots. 40 shots last night. I mean, Frederick Anderson, I'm telling you, he's going to, he's going to be a puddle. The guy has been fantastic. But you've got to get somebody better than Ron Hainsey out there. And if you've got a bargaining chip like Nylander, and he's going to cause you nothing but aggravation, then why not put your, instead of putting all your eggs in one basket, and, and Nylander is only going to play, what's he going to play, 16 minutes a night, 70? Get a defenseman, a hall, a guy that can play 20, 25 minutes a night. Right, because you can't get a top two guy for Nylander, right? We're looking at a 3-4. <sighs> 
Here's the thing is, Nylander thinks he should be paid like Pasternak. Pasternak will get you a one or a two, of course. Pasternak gets you a one, even up. Pasternak yeah, gets but you he's a, a much one. better player at this point. Right, 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 right. So where? So again, can you get a two for Nylander? Can you get somebody's number two defenseman for Nylander? Who's going to score 40 in the NHL? He's gonna. I'd say right? if, you, if you could get a number two for Nylander, it would have Make happened already. I feel now. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! It would have happened already. No, well, no, 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 no. I think their priority is trying, really trying to sign Nylander. Why do I have the feeling they will sign Nylander? I know it's a feeling. No one knows anything. This is like I got a, a feeling, KGB secrets out there. Feeling deep inside. <laughs> but you're you seem pretty confident they'll trade. Uh, nice voice, I by just, the way. They'll trade Nylander for uh, a defenseman, a two, a three, a four, whatever. Let's, but let's uh, meanwhile, when I saw Kyle Dubas' smiling face yes. on Saturday night uh, at the Scotiabank Arena, I was felt of this calmness came over me. Like, that's a man who knows a deal is imminent. Oh, you think you can read his <laughs> face from, the, from, from watching Seemed a, really, a shot of him on TV? Really, uh, They're really stretching now. And even, yeah. and even all the announcers on Sportsnet and TSN are like, oh, no, when are we going to... Thank God it's December the 1st. I can't stand it. Like, Jeff O'Neill's making so much fun of it. It's true, though. You're waiting to find out news if, as to whether a guy is signed or not. And it's been how long since the beginning of the season? Now, come on. Is there going to be a countdown show? Like, is oh, Rogers sure. going to have a Sportsnet countdown to 5 p.m. deadline or something like that? I'm sure, uh, they will. <laughs> William Neal. Uh, no, actually, I think uh, Sportsnet's going to do a documentary on it. For sure. <laughs> like they did with Dalton Pompey, oh, yeah. Chris Colabello. Every story they did about somebody was, oh, geez, I get. Here's what well, Aaron Sanchez, uh, Osuna. Oh, that didn't every age very single, well. The no, no, but every yeah. single documentary. I mean, this we're going off topic here, but yeah. that's okay. It's our show. Um, every single documentary they did on someone, the guy ended up failing at some particular. Like, he was like, point. "Oh God!" Like, oh, well, Edwin. They did one on Edwin, which was pretty good, and then he ended up going free agency. But yeah, the Brunt curse. Yeah, all that. And also the other one was is the WestJet curse. Every t- whoever did a WestJet commercial, Brett Lowry gone, um, uh, Dickie gone, uh, Sanchez blisters. I mean, everybody that. <laughs> And now there's a sonnet insurance sonnet. curse because they put Nylander in that ad. I'm That's sure they had right. high hopes. Look at the star we have in our ad. And Aaron Sanchez the- is in the baseball one, and he's oh. had a blister all year long, the sonnet commercial one. Oh, my Eek. God. There you go. The sonnet jinx. The, uh, the, the Sportsnet, uh, let's do a documentary on Dalton Pompey jinx. I, he made, is he even on the 40-man roster? That's I don't know because... I don't think he is. I don't think he's on that side. No, he's, he's done. He's done as a Leaf. Uh, so anyway, so we're back. Let's go back. Done as a Leaf. Listen to me. Uh, back we go to hockey. Um, so the other thing is winning the division. They're going, oh, yeah, why, weren't the Leafs the number one team? You know what? They were like last week. Now they're like number three in their division. They're number three in their division. Buffalo. Yeah. Hello. Nine straight wins. Wow. Anyway, last night's game was uh, one of the more exciting games. Yes. Y- you got to admit yeah. that even though Boston didn't have Bergeron or Charlie McAvoy or Chara and they lost uh, uh, Kevin Miller, the defenseman, uh, fairly early in the game, they, had to, they were down to 5D. That's another thing. Oh, my God, they're playing with 5D. You don't think NHL teams have played with 5D before? You don't think back in the 60s, the 60-team NHL, a lot of teams, they went with 4D, 5D. The fifth guy was because if you had to kill a penalty or whatever, you needed a bit of a break, then the fifth D would go out there. You know, Larry Hillman. Right. The fifth D, <laughs> right? Um, um, what was his name for? Gilles Lupien, right? Bill Nyrop, the fifth D. Not the big guys, the other guy. <laughs> the guy that's going to spell them once in a while. So don't give me that whole thing there. And the Leafs, remember, are missing Matthews, and they're missing uh, Nylander. May we talk for a moment about, the, uh, about Mitchell Marner and He's his emergence at- as, uh, as possibly the, the most talented guy in no, the no, team? No, no, no. The greatest primary assist guy after 22 <laughs> games. Dave Poulin made fun of it, too, and it's true. 
What? Where did this come from? Prime? What? Why now primary assist? Not the secondary assist? So for sure, the primary assist is the most important assist? Yes. So it goes off my bum over to you and you score. It's not the guy that rushed it. It's not Marner who rushed the puck all the way up the ice. Did you notice the way they were going? Oh, poor Marner didn't get assist on that one. But he got an assist on the empty net goal. And I told you, Mike, assist the second assist on an empty net goal. It's not an assist. The fourth assist on a great goal, that's an assist. Remember when you'd, you'd watch your boys play hockey and there'd be that one kid on the ice who had like better moves than everyone else and he would do that toe drag thing and kind of... <laughs> that's what Marner looks like playing. He's always doing the... I'm always waiting for the toe drag from Marner. And I think <laughs> yeah. everyone else is. And now what he does when he makes the toe drag and he can't make the move, he just hangs onto the puck a little longer and skates sideways. It's amazing. And it works. And that's yeah. why he's getting these primary assists because he yeah. kind of everyone chases him and then he puts it out to the right. guy in front who can just pot the goal. Anyway, second period was key for the Leafs. 18 shots by Boston. It was just like a shooting gallery for Anderson. He was awesome. And they led 3-2 after two. And then I said, they're not going to lose. And my friend's like, oh, yeah, come on, Boston. I said, no, no, no. The Leafs never lose when they're leading after two periods. It's like one of those teams where, uh, you know, the Blue Jays 74-0 when leading after nine when Osuna was in his prime. It's one of those things. And I just, even though they're not a great defensive team, they just seem with a lead in the third to play smart hockey. They don't give, their giveaways usually early, earlier on. They're not those giveaways. The getting the puck out of the zone, like they had a problem in the second period, they couldn't get it out three or four times during the course of a power play. I think Boston held the puck for the entire two-minute power play. I, don't I do not believe the, the puck was ever on a leaf stick for longer than a quarter of a second. It was remarkable. So they're 11-0 in leading after two, and now they're fighting for their division. Tampa leads the division 35 to lead the Atlantic. Buffalo winners of nine in a row are tied with the Leafs at 34 points, but uh, the team formerly known as the Buffalo Butter Knives have a game in hand on the Leafs. Is that so, true? Yeah. So as if the division wasn't No, already, the Butter Knives part. Is that true? Oh, you didn't know that? No. Yeah, the original name, were the when, when they weren't very good, they were dull. They were the Buffalo Butter Knives. <laughs> and then, of course, they got sharp, and they've won nine in a row. They've been huh. the Butter Knives for years. They've been a horrible franchise. I'm pretty dull. Hello, Jack Eichel, 10 million a year. Hello, Jeff Skinner. Closer to home, Carolina. Anyway, I know I said Austin Matthews would be back this past weekend, but he wasn't. He didn't want to take away from the blue jackets, the baby blue blazers on Hockey Night in Canada. Austin Matthews, he could have, but he didn't want to take away from that because that was a big deal. People enjoyed that, that uh, Dave Hodges' return to yeah. Hockey Night in Canada. That was fun. The Leafs host San Jose Wednesday. They're in Minnesota Saturday to play the Wild, and then they return home for a tilt with the Buffalo Sabres next Tuesday. And by then, Buffalo could be on like a 12-game winning streak. Well, that's a big game. It's a, oh, no. <laughs> uh, could be a big loss. Could be a tough loss. Could be a big win. In hoops, the Raptors are now just finding their rhythm, and this is a scary sight or a scary proposition for any other team. They're just now finding their rhythm. You may recall a while back when the Raptors had lost two in a row and people were going, oh, no, that's it. Three. How do you lose? But wait. Oh, sorry. I apologize. They lose to New Orleans. They lose to Detroit. You and I do a show on the Friday morning. They're playing that night in Boston. They were 12-3 and three on the season, and I said they're going to they're gonna go 5-1. and one. They're going to probably lose in Boston, and you then they're going to win the next five games, which they did. That loss in Boston was, that was a tough loss. That overtime loss where Kyrie Irving just went crazy in overtime. And then wins against Chicago, Orlando, Atlanta, Washington, Miami, as predicted by your humble narrator. Voila, 17-4, and four, best record in the NBA. Two and a half game lead on Milwaukee atop the East. Best road record in the NBA at 8-2. and two. Uh -huh. Only four other NBA teams are above 500 on the road. That's it. And when it comes to scoring, only Milwaukee averages more points a game than the Raptors. The Bucks average 121 a game, which is nuts. The Raptors are at 116.8 per game, led by Kawhi Leonard. 24.7 points a game. Ibaka, 16.7. Who's never looked better. Never. 
because he's playing the five and he's just beautiful. Lowry, 15 points and 10 dimes a game. He's never looked better. Siakam, 14 points a game. Valanchunas at 13 a game. Danny Green and OG Ananobi averaging over nine a game. And all the success from a team that can't shoot the three. The Raptors are 21st in the league in three-point shooting at 34%. Imagine when they get up to like 13th in the league, how great they're going to be. Okay, 21st in the league. They're 18th in the league when it comes to turnovers. They average over 14 turnovers a game. And still, the best record in the NBA. They're in Memphis tonight, taking on the former Vancouver Grizzlies. The Grizzlies lost to the Knicks at home on Sunday. So they'll be, pardon the expression, loaded for bear tonight. And Mike, did you know mm-hmm. that Kawhi Leonard, and this is a rare stat, okay. Kawhi Leonard has more career steals than fouls. That's unbelievable. That's incredible. Very, very few NBA I believe 12 players in the history of the NBA had more career steals than fouls. And among them, Allen Iverson and um, Jason Kidd. And now it's only, I think, Jimmy Butler and Kawhi wow. who have less, less fouls than career steals. That's remarkable. That, okay, so I, I didn't miss a minute of that Sunday Raptors game. This is the best show in, in town right now. And it's it's... All these guys are, you know, Kawhi Leonard had this hype surrounding him, and he's lived up to the hype, which is amazing. In Lowry, we were worried he's disgruntled. His best friend was just traded. Meanwhile, he's having a career, he's having the best season of his life. And Ibaka, I honestly was ready to toss him out of town for like, uh, give us a, some some basketballs or something. Right. I was I was like, I don't, this is not the Ibaka I thought we got. But this is better now. Suddenly he's had he's found the fountain of youth or something. You say he's playing the right position. That's why Masaya Jury had to make the deal. He had to look at his roster for this year and say, What have I got? How can I make how can I make every player better? Well, how about this? Let's bring a guy that's gonna make the rest of the team better. Damar didn't do that. Damar didn't make the rest of the team play better. Once these guys heard Kawhi was coming, once Serge knew that he was going to the five, right? Then then they started thinking like a championship team thinks. We don't have to put it all on Kawhi. By the way, Kawhi's averaging 10 rebounds a game, too. Yeah. Or no, no, he's about eight rebounds a game, which is terrific. So they're just gelling. It's just going it's, to, it's fun to watch. It's lovely. I'm, I I'm, can't believe this team lost three in a row. <laughs> but the thing is that they look how they've bounced back with five straight wins. Nice. Now, Mike, you know this. I always wanted to have the best show, whether it was Sportsline on TV, whether it was my radio phone and show or this podcast. I was always striving to be number one. And now that I've written a book, it's the same thing. I want to be known as a best-selling author. Did you know that in order to become a best-selling author in Canada, the book has to sell 5,000 copies? That's it. 5,000! Well, guess what? If everyone listening right now orders one book, I will become a best-selling author and, and host of the top sports podcast in Canada. So that's what I would like. You're the that's king of all like. media. That's what I would like. No, no. I would like that for Christmas or for Hanukkah, and I need your help. You can pre-order my book, The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of. Ron McLean wrote the foreword and added, quote, Mark, the book is fantastic, as are your reflections within. Don Cherry said, quote, I really enjoyed your book. Rob Baker of The Tragically Hip said, quote, Hebsey's high-energy personality and unbridled love for sport shine through on every page. So why wait? Go to Indigo or Amazon, type in my name, Mark Hebsher, H-E-B-S-C-H-E-R. You'll see the book, pre-order it, and know that you're helping me become a best-selling author and your best friend. And let me throw this out there. I didn't even clear this with you first, but if somebody wants their book <laughs> signed and they're in the, in the Toronto area... 
Yeah, I bet you you'd meet them at a local coffee spot or whatever to sign their book. Well, right? I'll tell you what. I'm going to be sending out invitations to many of you um, for my book launch, which is February the 26th. That's a Tuesday. So mark that on your calendar, and we're going to have a book. And there, you can buy a book, and then I'll sign it for you right there. Right. I'll I forgot. You can't get a physical book yet. Yeah, you can't right, get a right. physical book. Not ready until gotcha. February. All right, time to reveal the answer to our trivia question brought to you by Panzer's Original Deli. With Joel Quenville having lost his job with the Blackhawks, a position he had held since 2008, John Cooper of the Tampa Lightning becomes the longest-serving coach with the same team. He was hired in 2013. Who, Mike and listeners, is the second-longest-tenured coach in the NHL? See, I don't know the answer, so I'm going to throw out, because uh, I can't remember how long he's been there now, uh, Mike Babcock. Mike Babcock with the Toronto Maple Leafs? It's uh, yeah. So, so <laughs> how long has he been there? So his four long years? tenure with the yeah. has he been there four years. Well, you said twenty fourteen, and my my brain thinks that I think he got yeah. there for twenty fifteen. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, the answer actually no, it was John Cooper in twenty thirteen. Okay. This guy was hired January twelfth, twenty fourteen. He replaced Claude Noel. Who is he? <laughs> that should make it easier. Who is he? <laughs> he replaced Claude Noel as the coach of this team. He is the longest tenured after John Cooper. Who is he? Come on. I uh, I don't know. All right. All right. I'm going to tell you this. Here's okay. a hint. Yeah. He was the coach when Sammy Kapanen was a rookie in 1995-96. He was Sammy Kapanen's coach. That's That would be Kasperi Kapanen's dad. Right. He replaced Paul Holmgren as coach after 12 games on this team. The leading scorer on this team is a Hall of Famer who wore jersey number 94. Name the coach. Hall of Famer wore jersey number 94, was his top scorer. Currently the president of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, that's Brendan Shanahan. That's right, so, but who was the uh, coach? Who's coaching? I think every listener's I got know. it by now. I They've know. all going, Mike! All right, Mike, uh, they're going, Mike! Hartford Whalers, Correct. Uh, Carolina. Took over, took over for Paul Holmgren. Right. Currently coaching the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, yeah, Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice was I'm hired sorry. January 12th, He had that title before, I believe, at some point when he was with the Carolina Hurricanes. I believe you're he right, had he that did. Title. That's right, because he had coached Hartford and Carolina right about for about 10 years, actually. Okay. So there you go. The answer is Paul Maurice um, and uh, Brandon Shannon was number 94, scored 44 goals that I forgot year he was 94. For the, uh, he didn't like playing for Hartford. He, he didn't like it there. <laughs> and, how can you, and really, how can you blame him? Well, he was forced over there with as like compensation because uh, That's right. St. Louis signed uh, Chris Pronger. If That's I right. Okay. You got it. So I'm redeeming myself now. He, and he loved it in St. Louis. He absolutely loved it in St. Louis. So there you go. There's your answer. And um, yeah. Well, interesting. Yeah. Um, Paul Maurice, former Marley's coach. Paul Maurice. Where did I? Uh, what did I happen? Uh, what did I do with my? Oh, anyway. Oh, yeah. So um, our trivia, of course, is uh, sponsored by Pantsers Original Deli. Go to pantsersoriginaldeli.com, 636. It's a a 416 number. That's Toronto. I should, do I have to say that? Yeah, because some people have 647. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I apologize to everybody with a 647. Um, um, And of course, John, uh, John Vasco says a 647 number. Now I'm getting all confused. Uh, 416-636-123. Zero is the number at Panzers. Okay, what's next? What's next? But tell Panzers you heard about it on Hebsey on Sport. Oh yeah, tell them Hebsey sent you for sure. Okay, so I was telling you that I had a. Uh, here's the thing. Nowadays, I noticed that a lot of quote unquote reporters are bud like kind of buddy buddy with players. Do you know what I mean? If you're around the same age, for example, and I don't know to what extent, but I do know that when I traveled with the teams, it was hard. I don't say it was hard not to, but it was fairly easy to strike up an acquaintance with a player. You're on the same. I, I, you would sit. I would sit next to them on the planes or in the buses. This is before they had segregated seating. 
You know, oh, right. Gilmore's sitting over there. All right, sit next. Hey, Hepsi, come sit over here. Sit, shoot the breeze, have a meal together, whatever it was. Um, so I um, became friendly with some players, some more friendlier than others, some actually going to their homes, invited to their homes for a meal, uh, you know, out together on the road or at home, meeting each other's families, you know, wives, meeting the other wives, that kind of thing. So I'm going to tell you the story of um, one of my better friends in hockey, Rick Tockett. So many years ago, uh, would have been 87, the Canada Cup, uh, Tockett's family's from not far from where the global TV studios were. He was in town in the summertime, ran into him. We played some golf. How's it going? He liked the show. I liked him on Philadelphia. Uh, anyway, that summer, he goes to the Canada Cup training camp, Team Canada, and makes the team. He's one of the better players on that team. And he's pretty young at the time. He's like, hey, he's 23, I think, or something. And he's already been to two Stanley Cup finals with the Flyers against Edmonton. Losing both, I think, in seven games with both of them. It was. They were both seven games. I only series. remember the one when Ron Hextel was the MVP of the series. I yeah, it was the 87 series. But the other one, the 84, 85, I've... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pelly Lindbergh? Yeah. yeah. Pelly Lindbergh, yeah. Okay. yeah. And, uh, and that also went seven games. They were down 3-1 in that series, Philly. I, no, no, that was the 87 series. Anyway, two out, of, two out of three years, or two out of four years, it was the Flyers against the Oilers, and the Oilers beat them both times. And the Flyers had some good teams. Mike, uh, Mike uh, Keenan coached teams. Anyway, long story short, Tuck and I um, became friends. He invited me down to, uh, I, I hung out with him in the training camp, uh, and I was there for the whole training camp and for the entire series, so I saw him a lot. And then that summer, or that fall, he invited me to come to Philly to see an Eagles-Cowboys game and to watch the Flyers play the Rangers in back-to-back games, one in Philly, and then the next night, or two nights later in, on a Monday, in New York at Madison Square Garden. So I went down there with his brother, with Rick's brother Andy, Tockett. We had a great time. Um, Hung out with Scott Mellonby and Murray Craven of the Flyers, uh, Rick's buddies. Really had a great time, long weekend. Anyway, as time goes on, his career takes him to other places. My career keeps me in Toronto. I'm not doing as much hockey. You don't see him as often at all. And, of course, now he's the, he's the coach of the Phoenix Coyotes. And they're having their struggles. You know, he had problems last year. They're not a very good team. And I feel for guys like that because you know, and he was, and he was the first coach. His first coaching job was with Tampa. And they did not have a very good team. They had a rookie, Steve Stamkos. They were undergoing transition. So it's hard to come in as a coach and coach a poor team. And this is his second crack at it. I mean, he went for about seven years without coaching in the NHL. Uh, and um, now he's with Phoenix. So anyway, I thought about this. And I thought about the situation going on in Philadelphia and how I liked him as a flyer and how the book that I'm writing about George Washington Orton, he was based in Philadelphia after he moved from Canada. So I now have more of an affinity for Philadelphia than I did when I was a kid. I hated Philadelphia. I hated the Flyers and those goons on the Broad Street Bullies. I hated the Philadelphia Eagles. I hated the Sixers. I hated the Phillies. I hated them all. And now I kind of don't hate them as much. And a lot of it had to do with talk and introducing me to the Philly people and the fans and all that. So... Here's an interview I did with Rick Tockett a few years ago. Uh, go ahead and roll it. First year in the NHL, you went all the way to the finals. What was it like uh, as a rookie with a lot of veteran guys on that team, and you got an opportunity to go as deep into the playoffs as, as you could go? Well, I think it's a situation where uh, you get kind of spoiled because after that happens, you're like, oh, it's going to happen all the time. And you can go through stretches where you know, it might not happen again. But uh, I think the key you said is veterans. If you have good veterans and uh, they teach you the way, and I had some good veterans, uh, Brad McCurman, Mark Howell, guys like that, not to be too high and too low during these Stanley Cup playoffs. What do you remember most about uh, that series? Here you are, a kid, 19, 20 years of age. You're going to the finals against the Edmonton Oilers of all teams. Um, was it overwhelming to you? It was overwhelming uh, uh, 
right away, but when you had a guy like Mike Keenan, and then he shocked him pretty quick because as much as you're playing against the Gretzky's and Messier's, you know, he made it pretty clear, listen, boys, uh, you know, if, if we're not into this quick, we're going to be out of here uh, pretty quick in the series. Plus, uh, you know, don't be on these guys. You know, he, he was never a guy that to give him too much respect, and it kind of sunk in. And when that happens as a young player, you kind of feel more comfortable on the ice. When you faced off against, you mentioned the guys, Gretzky, Curry, and that, did you find yourself uh, in awe at all? Uh, these are guys you watched on TV, uh, you saw play in the Cup Finals all the time. Yeah, I, I was in awe, you know, um, leading up to it, you know, uh, watching the warm-ups and stuff. That's the worst thing to do is actually watch a Edmonton Oilers back then, their warm-up, because you'd psych yourself out, but uh, pre-game skates. <laughs> but um, you're in awe, but then once the first couple of shifts go and you get your adrenaline going, you, you kind of uh, realize, you know, you're playing for your teammates and you're with the Flyers, so... Uh, that kind of sinks in quick. Is there one goal that you can uh, recall from the playoffs, any playoff series that uh, what was uh, maybe the biggest goal of your playoff career, one that you uh, really hold uh, special memories for? Well, you know, you know, there's a couple goals I scored in overtime against Washington to win a series. You know, you, stuff like that you remember, but it really we didn't win that year. Uh, I have to be uh, in Chicago uh, game four uh, when I scored uh, game four. Um, it was a 6-5 game. I think I, I scored the fourth or fifth goal, so I'd have to say one of those goals because we ended up winning the Stanley Cup. Describe the goal. I'm sure it, you'll never forget it. Well, Kevin Seaman just gave it to me in front, and I just kind of deep Belfort and threw it through his leg. So it was kind of um, something you, will, you, know, you don't forget. You know, it's one of those things. And then, you know, you look at the clock ticking. There's 10 seconds left, and we win the game. Final thing, I want to take you to the 87 series. You guys are down 3-1 to Edmonton. You come back and win game five, and then you win game six in Philadelphia. I think Proppy scores, and then J.J. Daniel. At that time, was there a feeling saying, oh, you know, we could win the Stanley Cup. We could do it after being down three games to one. Yeah, oh, no question. You know, when you win game six there, uh, uh, I never heard a louder building. We go back to Edmonton. I still think that if we played, you know, like they usually do, day off and played, I think we had a better chance of winning. I think we had two, three days off because some building complications at Edmonton. It gave uh, guys like Messi and those guys a little time to rest and stuff like that. But uh, we did believe. And, you know, we ended up losing 3-1 to one with an empty net goal. So it's, you know, a 2-1 hockey game with a th couple minutes left. So we still had a chance. But, you know, we had a couple injuries. And plus, you know, the Oilers, I mean, Gretzky, Messi, you just go down the list. Um, Anderson, I mean, it was uh, could be one of the greatest teams of all time. There you go. So Rick Tuckett ended up winning a Stanley Cup with the Pittsburgh Penguins, which is always odd when I see Philly-Pittsburgh guys go back and forth. It's like Toronto-Montreal. It just sort of shouldn't be. Like, if you hate that team and then you, you end up going yeah, to them. Yeah, Gilmore was a Montreal Canadian. Never oh, yeah, uh, yeah, sat yeah, right Yeah, I never really thought about that. That's right. He was for a short <laughs> period of time. So anyway, but Tuckett, when, when they won the Stanley Cup, I think it was Dick Irvin was interviewing him in the locker room after the game, and he's got uh, Tuckett has a buddy named Shotzi who was at the game, and he's licking... He's licking Nick Rick Tockett's neck while Rick is being interviewed on Hockey Night in Canada. And he's, Rick's all sweaty. And he's stuff, licking right? his neck. It was the he saw himself. He could see himself <laughs> through the on the monitor that he was on TV, and he and it was the funniest thing. You're, you don't listen to anything that Rick is saying because you're just watching Shotzi like his buddy. It was just it was too funny. By the way, all that chatter about the uh, the '87 Flyers team that went seven against the Oilers got me thinking of the guy I always liked as a kid because he was a pure goal scorer, and I always thought Tim Kerr. Oh my God, fabulous! Yeah, a gunner. <laughs> Yeah, he had fifty-eight one year or something. He reminds like that. me of like an Andrichuk almost. Like he yeah. just sort of had his big winger, two hundred and thirty pounds. Yeah, mm. he was good, and his uh, his career was cut short too. Right, he had some uh, he had some uh, serious problems, a shoulder or something like that. But there was other things too. But anyway, yeah, was he was. Good. And Epsi, he I was like Reggie Leach, sort of. He was a flash for a few years. He had some great seasons, and yeah, then, you know, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Uh, now I have to ask you: we were 
pretty late in this episode, and I think 27 minutes in, and uh, we've <laughs> talked about our Leafs, who are flying high, and yes. our, uh, our Raptors, who are the best show in town. Yeah. And I'm a little, I'm personally surprised that we didn't lead with what I thought was the biggest story in Canadian sports uh, this week, uh, the Grey Cup. Oh, I'm sorry. What am I, from the Toronto Star here? We didn't go. The Toronto Star didn't go. They didn't send anybody. But that's shocking, too, right? What is no, your thoughts on shocking. that? Tell it's not me. shocking. It's not. Because this, that's... It they... all comes down to what your audience wants. Now, honest to God, if they knew that their audience wanted, had to have a Toronto Star correspondent in Edmonton covering Calgary versus Ottawa, they would have sent someone. But they obviously didn't feel it was necessary for a... How expensive am I? uh, I feel like we could almost come up with the budget to send you to Edmonton for this thing. No No way. Look, you're looking at plane fare. You're looking at pretty, uh, you know, fairly expensive hotel meals. Okay. So I mean, you know, (laughs) give me a hundred dollars per diem for three for three days. So what am I there? And there for three days, it's three hundred in food. So uh, probably probably seven or eight hundred for accommodations. So there's let's say a grand, and I don't know, flights another got to be another five six hundred. So fifteen hundred, fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars. Let's just say. Okay, so if obviously if the Argos are in the Great Cup, that's a no-brainer. The Stars oh, you have to. somebody. Oh, you have to. Yeah. Right. But otherwise, it has to be, I guess, in Hamilton, Toronto, or maybe they could drive to Ottawa. Like It would have to be one of those deals where they could drive to it. And, I don't know. Uh, huh? I mean, it's just interesting. But why, tell know. me, did you watch the game? No. Any of it? No. Is that the first time you can... Re- like, when was the last time you missed the complete Great Cup? Mm, I don't know. But I can tell you this. I had a choice between going and seeing John K. Sampson of weaker than speaking of Reggie Leach, yes. All right, uh, yeah, and uh, watching the Great Cup, and I and I. By the way, I was invited. My buddy Mitch's area uh, heard the podcast, invited me to a Great Cup party, and then I realized uh, because I shot off my mouth, oh, I'm going to a Great Cup party, that I, I had tickets <laughs> to see John. And his show starts at six thirty. He did two shows on a Sunday, so we went to the. Early okay, that's show, a good reason. And then I was going, and then you know, I kind of I checked on the score, and okay, Calgary was leading, and. And then, and then we all went for Indian food. So I watched, we went for Indian food. And at, and at the Indian restaurant, they did not have the Grey Cup game on, which I was not surprised by. See, I was watching the Raptor game, but at halftime of the Raptor games, yeah. I popped over to check in on the Grey Cup. And then after the Raptors game, I, kept, I was looking at the scoreboard watching. Like if, it was, if there was going to be a big finish, yeah. like there was a couple of years ago when the same, same teams met, I was, going, I was interested in watching that live. Yeah. But then I saw that it was pretty much Calgary had it in the bag and well, I ended up was watching a, Netflix. It was a dull game and the field conditions were awful. And the other thing was I, um, I recorded the Raptor game. So, so I'm like, now I'm checking the Grey Cup score, but not the Raptor score. Right. I, and actually, I think it was still going on when the concert was over. But anyway, so I'm like, don't tell me. And then my buddy, oh, you know, Greg Brady. Yeah, of course. So Greg, I'm going to London with him. I'm going to London, England. I see your shirt. Soccer. Yeah. I got my Tottenham t- t- uh, Hotspur. T- Tottenham Hotspur shirt. Um, so anyway, Greg Brady texts me and he's like, don't tell me what happened in the Ohio State Michigan game. And I knew that Ohio State had, and he loves Michigan. I knew that Ohio State had hammered them. So I say, don't tell me what happens in the Texas A&M LSU ah. game, which ended 74 to 72. It was, wild. it was pretty fun. So just to leave the great, yeah. would, in your expert opinion, is this still the uh, premium, the, no. the number one sporting Not event in the country? Uh, look, I would have watched it to see Alessia Cara more than the football game. I actually caught no, most of that. I have no interest. I, I, don't have any, I, I don't know the league. I don't know the teams. I know Trevor Harris is a quarterback of one team and the most outstanding player every year, um, Bo Levi Mitchell. Okay, but if the Raptors were in it, you'd but, watch, right? Well, if no, the but Argos I don't, but, were in it, no, you'd watch. Yeah, I probably would. But, okay. I, but I don't know how much because I, I, you know, if the Argos would have had a team this year and garnered my interest, sure, but they didn't. 
I right. didn't have an interest. Well, what are you going to do? And I, obviously, I'm not the other one. Now, I don't want to talk about the CFL Okay, this anymore. saddens me a little no, bit, though. I'm I don't want to talk Is about it? the CFL anymore, okay? That's okay? okay. uh, your so, show. I, I'm you. very sad, though. That's uh, too bad. <laughs> NFL? Hey, Marvin Lewis has coached the Cincinnati Bengals for 16 years. He's never won a playoff game. How does he keep his job? He's 0 for 7 in the playoffs. He's never won a playoff in 16 years. Tell me any other sport, any other profession, where you can go 16 years and fail. 16 years. Anyway, I thought I'd throw that out there because the Bengals <laughs> are awful and their coach certainly isn't helping things at all. Did you hear the story about the team mascot that crashed the wedding party? No? I, I did not, but I could guess uh, 100 out of 100 times I would only guess one mascot because there's only one mascot that seems to Tell me. Uh, transcend Who? the local scene. Uh, Gritty. Correct! KYW Television in Philadelphia reports newlyweds were shocked when Gritty, the seven-foot mascot of the Flyers, showed up Friday night and started dancing with the bride. I knew the bride when she used to rock and roll. A video captures the orange monster hugging Heather Grossmuller and Carl Schweinlein during their reception. The video shows Gritty and Grossmuller getting down on the dance floor. Uh, apparently, Grossmuller's father, Ray, orchestrated the surprise for his daughter, who is a raving lunatic Flyers fan. The bride is a Flyers fan. Here comes, uh, here comes Gritty. Gritty has become such a hit since becoming the team's mascot in September that he's hung with celebrities. His face is featured on beer cans and tattoos. He was honored last month with a resolution by city council and has been made fun of on Saturday Night Live. Big However, deal. he's been overlooked as a possible successor to Flyers GM Ron Hextall, <laughs> not to be confused with Coach Dave Hextall, who may also get fired. Um, yeah, he might, and they're making fun of the fact that, hey, maybe Gritty will be the uh, GM. Mike, the Flyers may be struggling, but Gritty is reaching a status nearly equal to that of the legendary Philly fanatic. Because in Philadelphia, they know their mascots. They love their mascots in Philadelphia. And it really makes Carlton the Bear seem really boring. Well, Carlton the Bear isn't the same. He's <laughs> really, he's, he's not, he is a mascot and he's not. He's not an active mascot. You know, like, what's his name? Like, uh, the Raptor is, the to me, the greatest. The Raptor and the Philly fanatic. Or two of the great and, and the gorilla the is that because they're doing acrobatics? Yeah, man. And oh, the, okay. the raptor, you know, the raptor mascot is actually is a gymnast. The fellow that is in that ma costume is a gymnast. I remember he was injured, and they had raptor right, they, two or whatever, little raptor junior, <laughs> right. two of them. Okay, uh, final story before we go. Blue Jays outfielder Randall Grichik sent out a tweet the other day that read, and I quote: "Have a wedding to attend. Need a date. Any suggestions? Do you think he got any responses? Do you think Bachelor Randall Grichik got any responses, Mike? I bet yes. So far, 548 people have responded with offers. With offers. I'll, I'll go out with you. 1,400 people have liked the tweet. Who would you like to see Randall Grichik take to this wedding? I'll tell you who I, 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 I tweeted out. Because he was asking for suggestions. Well, Hazel May is married, so we have to cross her <laughs> off the list. Yeah. Yeah, you do. How about Jeannie Bouchard? Oh, yeah. Hey, I mean, if she goes out with a, a Twitter guy, uh, like, you know, I don't know where, why not Randall Gritchick? Here's the tale of the tape. Here's why these two should go together to this wedding. Gritchick, 27 years old, 61205, earned 2.6 million last year U.S., will earn a lot more. He's uh, eligible for arbitration and has 91,000 Twitter followers. Jeannie Bouchard, 24, she'll be 25 in February. Okay, nice little difference in age. 5'10, 133. Has earned $371,000 U.S. this year. Has 1.7 million Twitter followers. Mike, power couple. Grichik, Bouchard. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, Grichik can be the Tom Brady in that relationship. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make it happen. Jeannie, please. I, hope she, that, I think that would just be great. I think Jeannie Bouchard going to a wedding with Randall Grichik would be cool. So, that's me. 
Uh, and I picked Phil Mickelson to beat Tiger Woods. Oh, I forgot about this. But you picked Calgary to beat Ottawa. Yes, I did. So we're even. Okay, the, I, I the, totally Phil, forgot about the Tiger the, thing. And the Phil Tiger thing, I like it was a, it was <laughs> made a, for TV it event. Was, well, it was made for TV, but what happened was, you know what happened was no, I don't know anything about millions it. Millions of people saw it for free. They had problems with the live. Here's the thing: is Turner had to get the live streaming down, and they didn't. It was a screw up. So what happened was the, there was a it was cut off the live streaming, and then they decided Turner says we be, we may as well just make it free for everybody. We've screwed up enough here. So anyone who paid, paid, and thousands, hundreds of thousands, oh, see, that didn't pay. Watched it for free on the app. I had no idea. For free. Interesting. On the app. And, <laughs> and once Tiger was losing, he stopped talking. Why have a guy mic'd up if you're not talking? I would have loved to have heard Tiger go, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. What am I doing here? But instead, he just clammed right up. And it didn't make for exciting golf stuff I'm at all. glad I skipped it. Yep, yep. You didn't miss anything at all. That's it for episode number 56 of Hebsey on Sports, brought to you by John Vassos, the mortgage specialist. Don't go to the banks. Get in touch with John. He and his team will get you the best mortgage rate available with the terms that suit your needs. John.Vassos at MortgageScout.ca or call 647-533-1440. Thanks to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. Hit him up at Toronto Mike. I'm at Hebsey Man. And a reminder that this podcast was and is going to be once again the number one sports podcast in iTunes Canada. Help us achieve that goal. Write a nice review of the show. Post it so that others can enjoy our unique brand of sports talk. Thanks so much for allowing us into your headspace. Back with another episode of Hebsey on Sports very shortly. Until then, so long for now.